enlightening, informative, sexy, and fun. Welcome to Looking for Love with your host, Dr. Lori Buckley. Dr. Lori will help you find the love you desire and show you how to have more love and passion in your life. Whether you're single, dating, in a relationship, married, or going through a breakup or divorce, Dr. Lori is here to help. This is Looking for Love, and here's your host, Dr. Lori Buckley. Welcome. You are listening to Looking for Love. I'm your host, Dr. Lori Buckley, and I'm really excited. We have a special guest today, Herb Goldberg, who is an author. He is the author, actually, of nine well-known books that all address relationships and gender. So it is a full-on privilege to have him here, and I'm just excited to be able to interview him. His most recent book is Overcoming Fears of Intimacy and Commitment, and we're going to be talking about that today. But he has also written books like The Hazards of Being Male, What Men Still Don't Know About Women, Relationships, and Love, and many others. Uh, And he has a private practice right here in L.A. So welcome, Herb. Just so happy to have you here. Yeah, and I'm glad to be here. We have so much to discuss, and our listeners are in for a treat, because this is an important topic, right? When we talk about looking for love, looking for love is one thing. Sometimes when you find love, things get in the way. And, you know, mostly we can what we're going to be talking about yeah. here is fear, right? Yeah, I don't even like to use the term looking for love, because it's kind of an abstraction. And... Well, it is the name of the show, though. <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> but I understand what you're saying. It's And it is it is a little bit vague. What does that mean? Because it, it sets up images in people's minds of if they don't have it, I'm looking for it, I'm not worthy of it. Yeah. Uh, other people have it, I don't have it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's much too complicated a phenomena to just use one term to describe it. Absolutely. I mean, really, if I were to rename the show, I might name it Being Love, because I think that is really more accurate to what it means to have love in your life. Or or just... uh be getting close to somebody of the opposite gender, you know? Yeah. And to do that, though, and this, I think, relates and, to and your building book. building a life with somebody of the opposite gender. Yeah. And if you're not living in love, if you're not being loving, and you can't do that when you're in fear, mm-hmm. you're not going to find love. And I think that brings us to what we're talking about. And also, I think, related to intimacy, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, look through your book. Your book is incredible. I love the things that you talk about and the things that you address. And one of the things that I really want to talk about that caught my eye is the definition of intimacy. I mean, what is true intimacy? I'd like to give you a man's perspective on what is intimacy. Because okay. I think, like like a lot of other terms, uh, I think men and women tend to use the word intimacy differently. I think women tend to, from my experience, they, they use the term intimacy as some kind of getting close to somebody and then use it to say, I don't feel close enough to, I don't feel intimate enough with you. Mm -hmm. It has to be a kind of a continuing, getting closer and closer and closer, uh, which would be okay. Yeah. Except I see the term intimacy as meaning being with somebody who you can expose yourself to totally. Mm, Yeah. And not be judged for it. Mm -hmm. Um, And to be authentic and transparent with somebody of the opposite gender mm-hmm. and uh, still be loved by them. so that yeah, Or the same gender if you happen to be gay. Right? And I think uh, that's where romance and intimacy are very different to me because when people are romantically involved, 
they tend to project images to each other. And she tries to look a certain way and behave a certain way to mm-hmm. make herself romantically lovable. And he tries not to spoil the romance by doing things that he thinks... Right, uh, they're trying too hard. They're not being authentic. Yeah, right? the things that, uh, that will keep the romance going. But in the process, they hide a lot of their real self, which then accumulates and then can explode. So to me, uh, intimacy is a slow process in which two people really get to know each other totally unafraid of revealing their true self. Yeah, or maybe afraid, but they do it anyways. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but sure. I, I totally agree with you. I love what you're saying, and I never thought of it like that. But yeah, that sort of this idea that intimacy, some people, men and women, but maybe more women, think of it as romance, where what you, the way you describe it, being our authentic selves, not trying to be something that we're not. Also, I think uh, men tend to get a lot of double messages when it comes to intimacy, because women say, I want you to open up, I want you to be real, I, I want to get close to you, uh-huh. I want to get to know who you really are. But then when a man actually does that or tries to do it, but he says something or does something that offends the woman. Right, that she doesn't you know, like. Even a simple little thing like, uh, I'm feeling a little bored right now with you. Right. Or, mm. I don't like the way you smell right now. <laughs> yeah. Or any of those things. Uh, uh, instead of the woman welcoming that input, she sees it as being a hostile or mm. pushing her away yeah. or being critical. But, and the guy says, I thought you wanted me to be intimate. Right. I thought you wanted me to be real. I thought you wanted to know what I really experienced. And then when I do that, you start to cry or you get angry or you say, I don't love you. And um, so eventually the man starts to say, if I want to be with this woman, yep. I better not risk being transparent yep, because happens. I'm going to get punished for it. It happens all the time. And really the way you describe it is an ideal situation where he's able to actually to say that to her and then they can work through it. But more often than not, I think the latter happens, right? He didn't even say anything just before you know it. He just, he learns, he gets the message, oh, it's really not okay to express myself, to be honest. It's just easier just to go into Yeah, and I think when women use the term intimacy very often, uh, they use it in the context of getting closer and and also being very loving and positive and being vulnerable, Mm -hmm. which is one piece of intimacy. Sure. But another piece of intimacy is exposing your real self, your real feelings, and your real thoughts. And that's where it breaks down because um, very few women, there are some... But there are very few women who can tolerate a man's being totally transparent with his feelings and his thoughts if those, if those are in any way critical or negative. But or if, critic- she ex- if she experiences them as the negative. They may not be negative, but they feel negative exactly. to her. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't be intimate if you can't reveal the not nice feelings as well as the loving ones. Yeah, I do agree with you 100% that, you know, intimacy, the old into me see, but it really was what it is. You have to, you can't get really close with somebody if you've got walls up or you're, you're not being true or real or open. Or if so. you're being cautious or careful. Yeah. Because then you're just letting, or laying the groundwork for a relationship explosion. Yeah, you're walking on eggshells and before you know it, 
there's no sex. And that's the job. Yeah, <laughs> right. And that's the job of therapy is to create a, a safe place for men and women to say the very difficult things that they don't say ordinarily. Yeah. And to do it in the spirit of getting closer rather than um, creating a crisis. Yeah, well said. And it's those difficult conversations that are the most important and oftentimes what are avoided because people, and with good intentions sometimes, right? right? They don't want to upset their partner. And oftentimes they just don't want to be at the other end of an upset partner. And I think right. that's a man thing often, right? He doesn't want to hear her unhappiness because I do believe, and tell me if you agree with this, that men really do want women to be happy. They want to be the the object of their women's and the you know the the source of their women's happiness. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And they want to they want to please women. I, in fact, when I uh, see the hear the angry things that uh, many women say about men, uh, I frankly uh, don't understand it because most men really need who are heterosexual. They really need to be close to a woman because they don't have intimate relationships in their life. They're all about work and and goals and achievement and not trusting other men and all of that. They really crave closeness with a woman, and they go out of their way initially to be protective, to be loving, to be thoughtful, but at some point something goes wrong. Yeah, and that really brings me to the next question, which I think is really the topic of your book, right? Fears. Fears. So, Because it is very much related to that. So let's talk about that, because I think when we can be aware of those fears, we all have them, but when we can be aware of them, maybe there's something we can do about it. I mean, so how would you describe men's and women's fears regarding relationships or love? Right. I think men's fears of relationships are making themselves vulnerable, trusting a woman. I think a a major fear nowadays is, and uh, this is generally true of um, many relationships, there's initially a power struggle. And that power struggle is all about commitment. Before marriage, men have the power, to a certain extent, because they're resisting the commitment that women really want. Most women don't want to be in a relationship that's not moving toward commitment. You know, if the relationship... Some do, but you're right, there are many that don't. I don't know very many women who can (laughs) tolerate a relationship for a long time without feeling that it's growing towards a permanent commitment. Yeah. I mean, I'm like that. I'll admit it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think... Uh, you want to open up your heart to somebody. You want to feel that... I think most women yeah. want... Just like um, initially, unfortunately for men, but men, men's goals initially, initially in relationships are usually sexual mm-hmm. and being taken care of. Mm-hmm. Uh, women's goals are being close to somebody... And um, and being commit, taken care of also. Commitment, right? <laughs> having a marriage and maybe having a family uh, with a man. Most women, if they don't feel a relationship is going somewhere, even if they're have, having great sex and everything else, they're going to leave that relationship. Mm-hmm. Men don't understand that. Uh, men think, well, we have great sex, so she'll never leave me. I mean, uh, I, I think no man's going to be able to turn her on the way I do. And they're deluded mm-hmm. because a, a woman will walk away. Until, and, she, until she's leaving and then they, the reality hits. Yeah, right? she'll walk away in a minute if it's not going somewhere. But the real problem nowadays, and as I said, initially before marriage, men tend to have the power because the women want the commitment 
and they do a dance to, to kind of deny it or to make the man feel safe and that they're not trying to trap him or corner him or or manipulate him. And so they try to keep it loose, uh, but basically they want the commitment. Yeah, but just to be fair, and I have to say this, Herb, but you can be a woman who who ultimately wants a relationship where there is full commitment and full intimacy and not be trapping or manipulating. Just, you know, they don't necessarily... Right, but as long as the man is saying, I'm not sure I want to get married, I'm not sure I want to be committed, Uh it creates a certain tension and anxiety in the relationship because women hear a biological clock ticking, they also have anxiety about security, being taken care of, a lot of women do, not all. Um, yeah, I mean, look, at I do think it comes down to, if we talk about fears, right, it, it comes down to, and I talk about this a lot in the show, how confident we are, how how much we love ourselves, right? I mean, if we're confident, I mean, I'm just going to be real here. Obviously, I'm a little bit older. But if I were in a relationship that I felt you know, very much involved in and committed to and invested in and the person who I was in that relationship with said to me, well, I'm not sure I really want a commitment. Mm -hmm. Then I would say, you know, that's what I want. So I understand that. And, you know, basically I'm going to miss you, but I got to, I got to move on because I wouldn't be interested in that kind of a relationship. So it wouldn't necessarily be anxiety provoking if it is discussed openly, but that takes some courage. What you're you're saying is once you find out that the guy is not open to commitment, you're ready to leave. Why would you want to be committed to somebody and, and open up your heart and soul to somebody who's saying, yeah, I'm not sure that's what I want? For the same reason that the man is in it, which is the here and now feels okay, but I don't want to take responsibility for you. And I, and I, I want to have a certain sense of freedom in the relationship. Yeah. But that's before the marriage. Eventually, men have tremendous dependency needs when it comes to women that they deny and if women understand that, they realize they have a lot of potential power in the relationship yeah. because men need women more than women need men because most men have no support system. They don't have the family and yeah. the friends that will be there for them. Now, what happens is, though, once a man commits himself, particularly if they're going to have a family, and particularly if he's a very aggressive provider who's very ambitious, makes a lot of money. The moment he gets married, there's a tremendous power shift because if he has a child with the woman Mm -hmm. and if she doesn't have an equally aggressive career Mm -hmm. and is not making that much money and he's married to her and he has a child with her, once he marries her, at any time she can say, I'm unhappy. Oftentimes she will. (laughs) I'm I'm unhappy. (laughs) Yeah. And I want a divorce. Hmm. And and what happens then is she calls her divorce attorney. And before you know it, because he is a um, goal-driven, a provider-type person, ambitious and all of that, he probably don't, doesn't have the closeness to his children that she does. Mm-hmm. And so once the relationship breaks up... He, he has a lot to lose. He has a lot to lose. <laughs> right. He has to support her if she doesn't have it. Uh, right. Uh, an affluent career. He has to take care of the children. Uh, If they have a house, he may lose the house to her. 
he may have to support her and the children until they're 21, even if she gets another boyfriend, mm-hmm. even if she has somebody living with her. Right. He's sending her checks, and she's withholding the children if he doesn't behave. Yeah, it's a bad situation, and for so sure. His fears yeah. are, what happens if I make myself vulnerable to this woman, and I marry her, and then she decides that she's unhappy with me, that I, I'm not close, she's not getting the, her closeness needs met, or she's not getting her sexual needs met, or she feels she can't be herself as long as she's around him, because yeah. she'll say to him, you're too controlling, and you're, you're, you don't um, really understand me, you don't care about me, uh, you're only interested in your own ego, your own career, uh, I don't trust you. What you're talking and about... And so he yeah. has to face the consequences of a shift. And most marriages are ended by the woman, not by the man. That's true. She's usually very angry. Mm-hmm. And, and Do you know why she's angry? She's hurt. She's angry also because she feels he controlled her. Basically, she wasn't and feeling loved or important, and she's hurt. But more, that that, more than that, she's also feeling like, I've lost my sense of self with him. And in order to regain my sense of self, I have to leave. Mm. Yep, that's true too. And then he is responsible. But what I love about talking about this and why it's so important, because, you know, we could say, yeah, that's definitely true. But it is also sort of a cautionary tale, right? When we are aware of what our fears are or what could happen if we don't take action and do things differently in our lives, well, then we can be proactive. We can act differently. And traditionally marriages, I mean, this is why the divorce rate is so high, why sexless marriages are so common, Mm -hmm. is because when people get married, like we can talk about the, the fear of intimacy or commitment before marriage, but then once you get through that and people do get that commitment, then they stop working at the relationship. And then I'm working. Working, but they stop putting forth the effort, right? And they go about what they think they're supposed to be doing, and they forget about the importance of romance, of sexual intimacy. But even if you remember those things, you have to feel it. You can't fake it. Well, if you're not feeling romantic, and if you're not uh, feeling a desire to be close to that person, what are you going to do? Right. But again, obviously, when well, not. Obviously, because look, there probably are different reasons why people get married. But if two people are in love and they get married because there is that love, which is most of the time the case, not always. If they, from the beginning, continue to feed that, nourish that love, which is what's important. It is, you know, taking that time to be with your partner. It is showing appreciation. It is expressing love through through physical and sexual intimacy. It is through appreciation and gratitude and communication, effective communication. If they're doing that from the beginning, that that desire and love for one another doesn't go away. But what you're referring to is what happens in most relationships because they stop doing those things. And then they stop caring they start to get disconnected, they start to grow apart, and then they just don't even have that desire to do it anymore, and that goes on long enough, the relationship is over. But one big element there, and I wrote my first book on it, it was called Creative Aggression, mm-hmm. is most couples don't know how to resolve conflict. And so when conflict True. arises, there's a lot of blaming, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of guilt-making. Mm-hmm. Usually the guy is prone to guilt because he feels responsible. Right. 
And um, and even avoidance sometimes. And also feels often blamed. Yeah. By by the woman, and that poisons and the interaction. Criticized. And yeah. Un- unless and usually you can't you can't remedy that yourself. You need you need external help. You need counseling because resolving conflicts, particularly if you're not good at doing that. It's a very difficult thing to do. It's extremely difficult. And, or effective communication. And I think the, yeah. the poisons there are the blaming and the guilt. Yep. You can't feel close to somebody if you if they make you feel guilty mm-hmm. and if they if they blame you and see and don't don't see their own part in contributing to the relationship problem. Right. And this is what we were talking about before too, right? When you have two people who are who are confident and solid and they are able to communicate effectively, but you're absolutely right there are skills here when it comes to resolving conflict that we are not taught, unfortunately, right. tragically. Uh so yeah, it's like how do you do that? And when you feel like you said blamed Criticized, controlled. I mean, it's just a matter of time before you are just going to check exactly. out and uh, and avoiding those conversations. Right? Even worse. I've worked with men all my life. I am a man. You are. <laughs> uh, I've been in the relationship trenches, and what I hear from men, and what I've also experienced, it's very rare for a man to be with a woman who really takes equal responsibility for the problems. Mm-hmm. What I what most men find, but is, men are bad at that too, Herb. Come on. Well, I don't know. Most men feel like <laughs> they get blamed. That's true. And uh, very, it, it's hard to find um, men feel it's hard to find a woman who's who sees her part right in creating the problem. That is absolutely true. But I am going to say there are men who a lot of men who also don't see their own part in the problems of their relationship. That's very true. I mean, you know, you see couples in your office, right? So when couples come in, I mean, usually the first thing is them wanting to show us why their partner is wrong and the things that their partner have done that have been hurtful. And so our work is getting them to, one, recognize their part in it because that's what empowers us when we are the ones in control of our relationship rather than feeling we have to wait for our partner to be better or different. It's much more empowering and it's much more effective. And as a therapist, um, I can diagnose a relationship in the first hour in terms of its prognosis, Hmm. the extent to which each person or a woman is blaming the guy for for the problems and saying he needs to change. Mm -hmm. I'm loving. He is not right. To the extent to which that exists, the prognosis is really bad. Yeah, I totally get it. And so I always ask in the first session each person to give me a state of the union Mm -hmm. and to tell me how what they see as their share of the conflict. Yeah, where do they need to do the changing? To what extent are they responsible? And if one or both is blaming the other and sees themselves as the love connection. And the other one, as the poisoner of the relationship, the prognosis is very bad to hopeless. To the extent to which each person has goodwill uh-huh. and says, you know, I know I, I'm a jerk, or the woman says, I know I'm a blamer, and I know I'm a, I play victim, and I know uh, I, I don't have a real self in the relationship, and I expect him to make all the decisions... And then I blame him for them yeah. when they go bad. If you have the extent to which you have that, 
the prognosis is really bad. But let's face it, if people were able to be accountable to people in a relationship, both of them saying, yeah, I understand this is why we're here. Um, and, you know, I think just being able to put it the way that you did is a, is a great start because it's even maybe in that moment they're able to look at it in a different way and express it. But they may not be able to. I, I think, and tell me about this. So if you have that happen, which I, I imagine happens often, even when you put it in that way, tell me your part. If you have people who maybe they start out that way, but they're at least open to looking at it a different way, does that change the prognosis for you and your experience? Uh, yeah, and, and I think uh, one other fear of men is uh, that in relationships, women tend to see themselves as the loving person, mm-hmm. the one that gives a lot. And they tend to see men as takers who are narcissistic, who want to be serviced, who want to be taken care of. And they see women see themselves as the love connection, and they tend to see men as the spoilers of the relationship. They're not loving enough. They don't make the relationship a priority. They don't really care. They're self-centered. They're only thinking about work and their own goals. So is this a woman's fear that she thinks that's going on or the male's fear? Well, I think originally women's fear in a relationship probably has to do with abandonment and uh, being controlled and not being able to access their identity in the relationship. And so they're afraid they're going to be overpowered in the relationship. And that could be a man's fears too, And they're going to lose their sense of self in the relationship. Yeah. I think think that's true for men too. I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting. For men, the the fear is a loss of freedom. Mm Mm-hmm. Which could be losing yourself, right? It's like, well, that's that's not who I am. Exactly. For most men, freedom is a code word for distance and for being able to do whatever they want. (laughs) Whatever they want. And for uh, women, intimacy is a code word for an ever-increasing closeness, Hmm. which most men are not capable of. So it's almost like if, if a man's fear is is being controlled or smothered and she, cause she's wanting intimacy. She's moving toward, and then he's going to be pushing further away. Cause that's scary for him. Right. I mean, that's problematic if we talk about, okay, so we could talk about fears and in fears of intimacy and commitment. But again, I think the reason why this is so important that you wrote this book, it's a fabulous book. And that we're talking about this is because when you recognize these things, you know, then you can think about it in a different way and act, and more importantly, act in a different way Plus that is going to, tra- to change. You have them. to transform yourself, too, because a lot of this stuff is, I hate to use the word, but it's unconscious. Sure. Most people think of themselves as being loving and giving. We and all think we're fabulous, care. right? <laughs> yeah, well, we all think we're, we're capable of love and trust and we want closeness, but we just made a bad choice. That's why guys go, guys and women tend to go from uh, person to person. I think women are absolutely uh, correct when they uh, think that most men are relationship handicapped. I don't think males are raised to put a priority on relationships and closeness. Mm -hmm. They're raised to put a priority on competition, achievement, and um, and when they use the word freedom, the word it's code word for uh, being separate and not vulnerable. Mm-hmm. When I used to give workshops for men, I used to joke that if men had a liberation song, 
the way women did in the feminist days, Helen Reddy's uh, I Am Woman. I and that Am kind of Woman, thing. hear yeah. me roar. <laughs> and I suggested a, the title for a man's liberation song would be, If You Don't Leave Me Alone, I'll Find Somebody Who Will. I love it. I love it. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and so uh, women sense that. Women sense that men's need for freedom, if, if unleashed, tends to be bottomless. The more they have, the more they want. And men sense that women's need for closeness is also bottomless. The, they never get enough. No matter how much you try to be close to a woman, they'll always find somewhere where you're not intimate enough. And they're feeling frustrated and rejected. I love it. And even if those fears are not actually real, I mean, they may be real for the person, but they may not be true, they still are problematic in the relationship, which brings us to the important part of the show, but action steps, Mm -hmm. right? So again, we're talking about this so people can take a look at how you're sort of contributing to your relationship in some of these ways. How are your fears getting in the way of, of intimacy and of having the kind of relationship that you want? And I think when you can recognize those things and, you know, again, maybe you listen to the show again, but take some notes and go, okay, yeah, it might be hard to do, but say, yeah, this is something that I could do better. I, I really want you to talk about maybe three action steps that people can take, maybe if it's even one, but an action step that men and women can take so they can have true intimacy in their relationships because that's really what all this this is about, right? Sure. Well, I think um, the biggest one, and I don't mean to sound like I'm promoting my profession, but I think men need to acknowledge that they need help in understanding themselves and seeing their impact on other people because mm. most men are in denial of the ways, the way, the way they uh, push other people away from being close, the way they avoid intimacy, they avoid closeness, and how they repeat certain patterns. They tend to look for excitement. I- intimacy and excitement are usually not very compatible. Right. Intimacy is uh, difficult. It's not exciting, but it ha- it's very rewarding. Yeah. yeah. And most men are, have to look at their pattern of pursuing hot chicks and and hot sex and equating that with uh, with intimacy and so the moment things get slowed down a little bit yeah. they think there's something wrong with the relationship so number one right. action step is men need to be honest in looking at what kind of pattern they have mm-hmm. in in their relationships number two they need to look at the kind of uh, dynamic they, they create early on. The guys who like to be in control and who like to show off their symbols and like to seduce women tend to take the role of actor to the woman's reactor. And so uh, that's poison for the relationship. Initially, it's romantic because the guy is doing all kinds of dances <laughs> to excite the woman, and all she does She's like a rewarding agent. She just reinforces what he does. And he. And so I tell men, uh, that may be romantic initially, but it's poison. Try to find women and create a relationship where the actor-reactor, is. there's a level playing field where women are able to maintain their identity and be very clear about what they want and be very clear when they're unhappy and come out with it 
and uh, and uh, negotiate conflict. And if you're with a woman who expects you to take responsibility and then who uh, rewards you when you make good decisions, but blames you when things go bad mm-hmm. and sees herself as your victim because you made the decisions, that's poisonous uh, uh, for the relationship. Yeah. So choose, and then uh, the third. So is, choose your partner wisely. Choose your partner. Is what I'm hearing. But also, I just want to, because I think this is important, because we talked about it in, the, in this show briefly, is really to be able to be in a true intimate relationship, you have to be pretty solid with yourself. Yeah, and choose women who are strong and not who will. Uh, don't go for the women who will flatter your ego and just tell you how wonderful you are, but in the process are getting you to take responsibility for the relationship and they become like the reinforcing agent, Mm -hmm. patting you on the head and then pulling away um, when you don't. Mm -hmm. So you want a woman who will take equal responsibility for yeah. for whatever happens, who is confident and not living in fear, who is able to to speak up in in truth, to be her authentic self, exactly right, yeah, which is intimacy. Which <laughs> goes back to what is true intimacy. You can't be your authentic self if you are living in fear or trying to create some outcome, which I think is what you're saying. Another way to say it. Right. Do I have that right? And try to try to be with a woman who's capable of giving you a level playing field. Mm-hmm. And we could say women, same thing. Where she's, she's just as into her career as, as you are, mm-hmm. as, so that you can be just as into the relationship as she is. It's a partnership. Yeah, and right. where you, you feel like you can, you can drop the ball and she can pick it up. Mm-hmm. And you, you don't have to feel oppressed by feeling you're responsible to take care of her. Mm. I think that's that's really that's really important, and also to be be capable of seeing your limitations and acknowledging them and working on them. I love it. I love it. So, just to recap, be aware of your limitations, choose wisely, right? And I think another thing you said is if you do need help which oftentimes couples do, and even as men and women we do, this is a lot of things that, yeah, we can maybe learn through trial and error, but that we don't always. Sometimes getting outside help with a a therapist, coach, somebody who knows what this is and can show you how to do that. Maybe it's even a partner, by the way. Sometimes our partners are the best way for us to grow when they push us to be our best selves. And the last thing I would tell men particularly is your ego is your enemy. You have to recognize your your relationship dysfunction because most men yes. think they're great at relationships. Yeah, they well, so do, do women. <laughs> well, but women at least uh, have a history of putting a priority on relationships. Yeah. And, uh, but me- most men don't. Mm-hmm. And most men need to acknowledge that they're deficient when it comes to understanding themselves and the woman they're with in, on a, uh, in terms of the personal aspects of a relationship yeah. and um, to get over that arrogance that says, I understand women and uh, I, know, I, I, I know what women want and all of that because 
That's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, and another way to say that I love it because it's such an important thing, and this is true in relationships, absolutely, and also in life, is to approach relationships and life as a learner, not a knower. Because when you think you know, you think you know what your partner is thinking, you think you know how to be in a relationship, you think you know what your partner wants sexually and not, you are not going to learn anything and you are not going to grow. So being aware of that, being open. And again, that takes some Take some courage, right? Take some courage to look at your own, we'll just say, weaknesses or areas that need to improve. But it's essential if you want to be in a true intimate relationship. Thank you so much, Herb. This has been so much fun talking to you. So many great insights. And again, listeners, you can go on. Will you tell us, where can they get your book? They can either get it from the publisher, Roman and Littlefield. Mm -hmm. Go online because they sell a lot of their books online and not in bookstores. At Amazon? And Amazon, of course, yeah. has it. Overcoming Google, Fears of Intimacy. Yeah, and, ba- and Barnes & Noble has it. And yeah. So, it's, yeah. It's, it's available all over the world. It's a great book. And if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, how could they find you? Yeah, I have an office in, um, in Mount Washington, and my email is Goldberg at AOL. Okay, Goldberg at AOL.com. Yes. Uh, Well, thank you again. We will definitely have you back. And listeners, if you do have any comments that you would like to send me, you you can find me at drlauriebuckley.com. So thank you again for listening. Always appreciate it. And talk to you next week. Bye, everyone. 